Welcome to the 45th episode of the Invincibly Supermassive Comic Book Podcast of Stuff. I'm Tony Guerrero, and with me is a guy I just saw recently, guy writing a few books. His name is Joshua Williamson. How you doing, Tony? From up in Portland, Oregon. Yeah, thanks for having me on, man. How, how, are, how are things for you? Good. I think Portland got me a little sick. It's very possible. I've lived here. I get uh, I lived here for five years, and I get sick about uh, whenever the season changes. So I'm actually due. I was a little sick like a couple weeks ago, but I, I think I'm due to be sick again. Yeah. So so Portland Port, Portland was nice. Rained a little bit on me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know it's cool, and there's dark horses here, and Oni, and all these, and a gazillion combo creators are here. It's always uh, it's a good time to live in. Yeah. So I, I guess I didn't really talk about. It. I mean, I, I kind of mentioned that you know I, went, I I saw Dark Horse and Oni. And I, th- I think I posted a picture of like all the Dark Horse books, and but it's, it's like crazy. It's like how many, how much Dark Horse has like like a, two blocks, like a block and a half practically, like yeah, buildings. Two, I think it's actually three blocks. It's crazy. Of buildings, yeah. I mean, so a lot going on. But you know, they're also their sister company is Tifa, and so a lot of that is also that or yeah. things things from their world. So, yeah. but I mean, that's one of the reasons why I moved up here. You know, I've been kind of lucky in my experiences that like. I made a decision. Uh, I, you know, I like Dark Horse and Oni, uh, and also Jim Valentino was here, so in my mind, like part of the image was here. And I was doing Dare Dracula at the time, like we had just got Dare Dracula accepted um, with Jim Valentino at uh, Shadowline, and I made, you know, I, uh, I wanted to move up to Portland to be around that and all the other comic creators that were here, and I knew I wanted to keep doing work for Image, Dark Horse, and Oni, and. You know, it was a great decision because I immediately started doing that. Um, I wouldn't. I know for a fact I would not be doing Captain Midnight uh, and some other stuff that I'm doing at Dark Horse if I didn't live here. And the same with Oni. Like Sketch Monsters would not exist if I didn't live here. Again, similar stuff I'm doing with with Oni. I know I wouldn't be doing it unless I was here. Hmm. Uh, but it's you know it's definitely it's definitely an advantage to being in this kind of town. And you know I'm always curious about comic creators that I know that like kind of live out in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, that are not near comic, like other comic creators or companies, um, like how they do it. But then at the same time, I think about guys. Uh, I think about guys that live in. Um, I think about guys that live in New York and LA, and they're constantly surrounded by it. Like I think if I lived in New York, I would I probably would have been that guy that was like sitting in the in the lobby. Which I'm glad I'm not. Because <laughs> I know that happens. I've heard stories, uh, especially in the 90s, I think, about guys that would just sit in the lobby. Now you can't do that anymore. Yeah. Uh, like I've heard horror stories about guys that stand in the lobby at uh, the Marvel or DC office just waiting for people to leave mm-hmm. and hoping to grab them. Which, God, I would never do that. That would be horrible. Uh, so DC yeah. has a pretty big, empty lobby. Yeah, security would get you if you were there forever. Yeah. But it, it's but every, it, it's funny because when 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 you're a guest there, and you know they make you, it's like wear a badge with your picture on there, 
yeah. that picture is like from or like the camera is like from 1986 or something like that. It, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't that's even. Actually, that's a pretty recent thing. They didn't. They don't always do that. It's because my picture is like it looked like an ink blot thing. It's like, yeah, it's black and white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, that's a pretty recent the camera thing. It used to be you just go in there. Uh, yeah, I used to not have to take. I, I don't. I think it was last year maybe that they started that I had to start doing that. Before that, you would just go in. Well, I mean, you had to have somebody had to come get you. Yeah. Uh, but it's a little different now. Now someone comes down and you know they get you where you have to wait in the lobby. Mm-hmm. Uh, before I was somebody would come down and get me and I'd go up there. And now it's a little bit of a different process. They actually let you go up to the lobby and someone gets you. It's a uh, it's a weird process. Yeah. Yeah, different than West Coast. Yeah, West Coast. Well, West Coast is kind of similar. I mean, you go and. Uh, it's kind of the same thing, you know. You go up and you see the lobby, but that lobby is amazing. Mm-hmm. West Coast, yeah. They have that, they have that giant Aquaman um, chess set, whatever, where it's like all the little Aquaman figures. Mm-hmm. I love that thing. And then they got like they had the uh, costumes there, like Clark Kent and Arrow, and mm-hmm, and like arcade games. It's almost like the Fortress of Solitude. So yeah, it is really good. Person. Sorry, we should talk about we should talk about comics. <laughs> we should, yeah. People, the people on here are gonna be like, uh, "This all sounds amazing. I would like to go to this. Why are you talking about this?" Yeah, it's like going to Disneyland. I remember my first time going. It was uh, I was very excited. I got a whole tour, and I kind of didn't care that I was there to write comics. I was like really excited to be in the building. Yeah, uh, but you know that's what that's what happens. But yeah, Captain Midnight. Captain Midnight just came out. Yeah, so you you finished first arc. Yeah, it's been it's been a lot of fun, you know, because that first arc we kind of knew we wanted to set up and we wanted to build this world and kind of have him, um, you know, sort of have his first confrontation with modern day Fury and kind of see what she was up to. Uh, you know, her whole mission is that she doesn't want to like Fury's shark. You know, she wants revenge for her father because uh, she she blames Captain Midnight for the death of her father, which she should. I mean, he did she did push her dad off that cliff in issue one. Um, but he 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 didn't sick the polar bears mm-hmm. on, on him or anything. But for her, it wasn't just that though. It's like she really wants him to pay, and death is not enough. Um, and so that's part of what she's been saying since she won is that she wants to taunt him. She wants to mess with him. But part of it is her ego, and she wants. It, it, that's why she did all this stuff. She wants him to know it was her. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. Sometimes in revenge stories, you know, the people's ego gets in the way where they don't. They want to punish somebody, but they want to make sure it's them that, that they know but still get away with it. And because of this world that she has built, uh, she is able to do that. She's in a position where she can kidnap somebody and still get away with it because she's a part of corporate America. She's part of that world, um, which we kind of outline out a little bit in issue one. And so with this first three issues, we wanted basically for her to kind of call him out and be like, look at the world now. Like, like I ruined your plan. Because, you know, the whole thing with Cat's Midnight was originally he was building for, again, we always talk about this book, but he was trying to build a better tomorrow during the 40s with his inventions, with his fight the Nazis. He really had this outlook, like a lot of people did. Um, you know, you talk to a lot of people who came, like my grandpa fought in World War II, and you talk to these guys, they, they came out of that, and they really had such a bright outlook for the world, you know? Um, and so did a lot of the baby boomers, and eventually that went away. It seemed like the future was so bright for such a long time, uh, right after World War II, and and then of course you know everything starts kind of going downhill. And Captain Midnight missed all of that, so he still has that optimism. That's really what she wants to crush, 
and she wants to to crush that part of Captain Midnight. She wants to make him feel, uh, I guess, a failure. Uh, and he's just a stubborn person. That it's going to take time for that to happen. We actually aren't going to see much of Fury until issue nine again. Like she'll kind of be around; her presence will be there, but we're not going to really get into seeing Fury Shark again until issue nine. Um, four and five are about Skyman, which I think it was just announced that Josh Falcov. Yeah, it was announced at Rose City Comic Con that Josh Falcov, a good buddy of mine, is going to be writing the uh, Skyman miniseries. It's going to spin out. That's cool. Of Captain Midnight. Uh, I was kind of surprised when they offered him the job because, like, they know. I mean, Scott Scott Ali, the, art, the editor in chief of Dark Horse, he knows Falcon and I are friends. But Chip Gibbon, my editor on Captain Midnight, who's also uh, the editor on Skyman, I don't think he knew that Josh and I were close. Uh, that Falcon and I were close, and so when he got offered the job, I was like, "Oh yeah, that that'll work out great," you know. And uh, so he and I were able to talk on the phone about what we were going to do. And man, the stuff he has planned for that book is so funny. And like. Um, I wonder if it's going to be controversial or not. I hope it is in a way, you know, like get some attention to the book. Uh, but that's all going to spin out of four and five of what we, we have planned. Uh, and then six and seven focus on the, is actually one of the first times we focus on the big black sky mm-hmm. element. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know yet, but like Dark Horse announced that all these books are kind of connected. Uh, really issue four or five. And, and then again, six and seven is where we start really, really doing that. Uh, which to me is always the fun part. Like I always liked when I was a kid, when I was you know reading Spider Man and then Daredevil would like swing by in the background or whatever. You know that was always like I I love that stuff. You know, yeah. um, and so that's the kind of stuff we, we kind of want to do is have mentions of things. Um, like Brain Boy came out last two weeks ago, mm-hmm. uh, and in that there's mention of him like stuff with the Albright Industries, and Albright Industries is the company that Captain Knight formed in the 40s. That was his company. It's named after him. And Albright Industries will play an important part in all the books down the line. Uh, I mean, really, we are, we're building this whole thing. And uh, it's one thing that's kind of frustrating for us in a way is because we want... It's hard to explain. Like, we're putting a lot of effort into this stuff and we're putting a lot of work. Like, no, no less than we normally would. Um, like, we always want to put our best into it, but it's like we want... And it's about sales in a way, you know, or, or the books being canceled or anything, because they're not. But it's just like that idea of, I wish there were more readers, because we are building this huge world up. And I think if they if they stick with it, eventually it'll pay off, and it'll pay off big, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, I'm going to put this up on, on my Tumblr, on my, on my website later today. Uh, but there's little things in issue one, issue three, that double up, you know, that, that, that duplicate. And it's on purpose. We're trying to show... There is a plan. We're trying to show sort of this this big world, um, and this thing that we're trying to do. And it's like with I, I think you and I have actually talked before in the past and in person, um, or on the podcast and in person, I should say. But this idea of patience in comics, mm-hmm. and I've been learning a lot about that with Captain Midnight because I look at things like Breaking Bad or The Shield or Game of Thrones, and it's like there has to be. You know, I think I think readers have to have patience because you can see these pieces being built. Um, it's interesting when you talk about like how many TV shows uh, only get one episode. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, you have to kind of have like a bigger payoff. It's it's, it's a weird thing to juggle in a way. Um, and that's what we tried to do with one through three of, of Captain Midnight is really be like 
well, here's this one thing. It's him versus Fury. But if you stick with it, you're going to later, if, if you get all the way to issue 11, if you get all the way to issue 11 and then you go back and read issue 1 through 11, you're going to see all these pieces. You're going to see this puzzle that we were putting in front of you the whole time. Uh, and that's, that's, that's my hope with it. It's the same with Ghosted, um, which is the image book that I do with, with Skybound. Is that Ghosted, which I, you know, obviously is the my one of my dream books was doing a crime horror thing, um, which is kind of the thing I'm going to be moving forward doing as well, like doing more crime horror comics. But with that, you know, the first five issues uh, was originally a mini series, with the hopes that we would be able to turn into an ongoing, or the hopes that we could do further minis down the line. But with that, you know, the, the first five are one standalone case, um, and then the survivors go on to sort of deal with it. Uh, it's almost like the first five issues are the pilot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you get this story and you're able to sort of see what happens after that. And then the story will continue about what happens to people after they leave the, you know, the survivors after they leave the haunted house, how being in that haunted house affects their lives and kind of what happens moving forward. There's a level of, I think at that patience there, kind of stick with it. Uh, it's funny. There were like, I read a review of issue two, I think might've been three. But the person was like, it was funny. No, it was one one person who reviewed all of them. That's right. He reviewed one and two and three. And with each one, he kind of predicts what happens to the next issue in a way where he's like, oh, man, the next issue, this better happens. The next issue, this better happens. <laughs> and it's like, in a way, he's right. But at the same time, I'm like, well, I'm glad he's continued reading. But it's like, in a way, he's like, oh, this issue didn't have this. The next issue better have that. But it's like, it's a weird thing because he, he's right. But at the same time, I'm like, well, I'm glad you're sticking with it because I agree with you. Like that's where I'm doing it this way because I can't I can't have everything happen in the first issue now, mm-hmm. you know you can't. I think sometimes there's like a sweep. We talk about this with Superior Spider-Man, and I know probably some of your listeners will probably get mad with what I'm about to say. Like I love Superior Spider-Man. Yeah, uh, I think it's a great idea. Anybody who thinks that is permanent is kidding themselves. Crazy. You know, right? I mean, I, I, I mean, is Hal Jordan still Parallax? You know. It's like, is Barry Allen still dead? Uh, you know, Wolverine has metal claws. Like, we could we could have this. We can go on for days about this. Like, Batman's not dead. Superman's not dead. You know? Wolverine uh, just lost his healing factor. Forever. Yeah, exactly. Forever. Yeah. Which he's done that before. Mm-hmm. It's happened before. After the, after failed attractions, he lost it for a bit because of the trauma that Magneto did to his body when he pulled that adamantium out. Uh, you know, he had problems. He had problems as a uh, healing factor then, too. So it's like a lot of stuff. There is a, there, it's a cyclical business. You know, like things are constantly repeating themselves. Um, you know, Ben Riley, as much as it's going to break your heart, Ben Riley is not Spider-Man. <laughs> oh, no, I'm fine with that. Well, I know you, you, want, him, you want him to not be dead. That's yeah. what we always talk about. Yeah, because he's not dead. Um, oh, my God. I'm not having that conversation <laughs> with you again. Um, <laughs> yeah, poor Joe Keating. I'm like, <laughs> oh, I know. Well, I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, he's not dead because of this and this and I but yeah, when, I, when I talked to Chris Yost, I I started yeah. with that. I was like, "So, why did you do this?" You know, tease that he was back, and and he's like, "You know, sometimes you give readers what they want, and other times you don't." <laughs> That's right. Because sometimes the tease is more is better. You know, sometimes yeah. the tease is better. Not every time, but sometimes it is. There's, the teasing is part of the fun. You know, yeah. It's the, basically it's the foreplay before they give you what you want. Moonlighting. But, <laughs> what? It's like moonlighting. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, you can't – I think it's interesting. Somebody was talking about that with, um, you know, a lot of these things kind of – that's uh, how things have to end, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a whole other conversation. But anyway, so uh, with uh, 
Superior Spider-Man. Yeah, it's like this idea of Dr. Octopus as, as Spider-Man, like, taking over his body. I remember the first time I heard about it, uh, I was in a room full of people, and, like, I'm not going to name names, but, like, me and some people were like, oh, that's a really good idea. And the other guy was like, that is stupid. <laughs> and I was like, really? And we started talking about it, and I was just like, it's something different, you know? I mean, you can only... You do, you do a lot with Spider-Man. I shouldn't say you can only. There's a lot you can do with Spider-Man as a character, and a lot of things have happened. I think with this, you know, Spider-Man is at his best when he is down, you know? Uh, I think one of the best lines ever when it comes to writing Spider-Man is that you have to always make sure that if Spider-Man wins, Peter Parker loses, you know? Yeah. Um, that, that, is, that is crucial to the character. Like, if you're writing that book, that is the thing you have to do. Um, and so with this, you know, with, with the Spirit Spider-Man stuff, it's like they're really building this world around uh, Peter Parker, like, things getting bad for him. Um, which is when he's at his best. I think that's the whole point of Big Time. Big Time was all about, you know, climbing the mountain. You know, that's what the whole point of the Big Time story arc was about, was making life perfect for Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. He had the job that he finally deserved. He had all these things. He had the girl. He had all this stuff. His life was going really well. And he and Spider-Man were finally gaining the respect that they had always, like, deserved, right? Like, he, he was owed that. Um, but that, not to say it goes against the character, but that is part of the story of building up that world around Peter Parker so that when you had to know there was going to be a fall and, you know, the higher you go, you know, the harder you fall kind of thing, whatever. Yeah. So you had to know that the whole point of becoming quote unquote big time was for the fall to be huge. And that's what this Doc Ock thing is about, is about putting Spider-Man and Peter Parker at the bottom. So when Peter Parker and Spider-Man do come back, and again, anybody thinks he's not coming back, he's kidding themselves or hasn't been paying attention to 70 years of comic books. Uh, it's going to be big, and it'll be awesome. And here's the thing about that. When, when he does come back, and he is at his absolute bottom, watching him climb up and struggle is going to be awesome. You know? That moment where he's able to get his... That, that moment where he's able to finally overcome Dr. Octopus, people should be cheering. But the problem is those same people who want that to happen so badly, they want Peter Parker to come back, and they want him to have that moment where he finally defeats this new Doc Ock. They're not gonna be there because they left because they were so upset about this storyline they couldn't have the patience to hang around and let it go its course you know bad guys are bad guys they're gonna do bad things that is the whole point you know he's not doing anything that is like they didn't turn superior spider-man across you know what i'm saying yeah like yeah he's a bad guy but the book hasn't been that i actually enjoy cross i'm not putting that book down but that book as we know is, is a brutal book they didn't do that so I think again with with I was several Ghosted and Kept Midnight and all these a lot of comics, not just mine, the patience I think people have for the medium sometimes is, is weird. It's frustrating. Um, yeah, I just hope people stick around more. You know. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. It's, I I don't I just don't understand it. You know, a lot of people they they're just so quick to to, to form, you know judge a book by its cover. It's like as, as soon as something yeah. is announced, they're already like, like, oh, that's that's going to last five issues. It's canceled. It's like, why not hold on to that? You know, just a glimmer of opt. You know, just just see. Yeah, the optimism. Yeah, yeah, maybe. You know, maybe let let's hope for the best, and maybe it'll happen. Yeah. I never understand why people wish books get canceled. I think that's so weird. Or even TV shows. I don't like TV shows. There's some TV shows I don't like, but I don't wish them to be canceled. You know, uh, except for reality shows. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think those are, those are those fall in the same category, but yeah, with TV shows, like I think it's weird. There's like backlash of uh, people when they don't like something, they want to disappear from the world. Uh, I think it's silly, especially considering how much awesome stuff is out there. That focus 
people seem to have on hate watching or whatever it is like is insane to me like i would i would rather put focus into things i like um you know i'm a very out of what is out of sight out of mind kind of thing Uh and so if i don't watch a show like i don't think about it you know if i don't watch a show it doesn't haunt me and if there's a show out there that i don't think is good i don't sit there and dwell on it it's insane to me how much people hate like hate things and they dwell on them yeah um but yeah speaking of tv you want to talk about shield we could yeah yeah so my thing with shield is actually i liked it a lot like it was it's funny with um my problems with it are are few and far between but are always kind of vague weird weird problems Mm -hmm. uh and it's kind of the same problems i have with avengers and i might offend people with this and people are again are gonna think i'm crazy um like my friend and i Vinny, we watched together and um the artist on sketch monster dracula yeah. We we came over, you know, and ate chips and, and drank beer and watched Shield together. Agents Marvel's Agents of Shield, which I thought was really funny that I saw that whole thing that whole thing was on my TV. Um But <laughs> like I liked it. And there's like I mean Lola was awesome. That's where kind of in a way I was excited, you know, because yeah. I was like awesome. They, they 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 put the money into it and they had the I spoilers, all right. Seriously, if you have not watched it. Well by the by the time it. this goes up, the second episode should have just yeah but you never know i don't want someone i'm 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 just covering my bases um when lola so when lola the car takes off flying at the end the whole like we you know roads we don't need roads uh scene um is is awesome is awesome and it's so funny how that totally ties into uh iron man 3 i think or is that captain america it's captain america where they show howard stark in his car yeah yeah so awesome right like and for me, so my, my biggest problem with it is some of the same problems I have with Joss Whedon's stuff, where I don't think Joss Whedon has a directing style. He has a writing style. Mm-hmm. And he kind of has a style, but his style is almost lack of style. Like, he's very much a point-and-shoot director. I think he just kind of has the camera there. Um, you know, I, I like directors like Ben Tarantino and David Fincher and, uh, and Kubrick, obviously. And those guys had style, you know. Um, they kind of knew how to play with the camera and kind of show you the scene and, and, and sort of uh, just mess with it a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I think at the time, you know, last year when Dark Knight Rises and Avengers came out, uh, those two movies can are, are so different from each other. So different. Um, and I know some people, they like one more over the other. I personally like Avengers more. Or I'm sorry. I personally like Rises more than Avengers. But part of that is because I like the style. You know, I think that Christopher Nolan had an obvious... Like, it is his style. Like, he is all over that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas in Avengers, the only thing I ever thought was sort of a unique style scene is when the, the team is arguing with each other and the camera, like, loops upside down for a moment. Mm-hmm. So, sort of showing you that Loki's uh, staff was manipulating them. Yeah. Uh, like, that scene was awesome. It was a cool little, little, little sequence. But I look at a lot of Joss Whedon stuff, and I love Joss Whedon, man. Like, I love Buffy. My dog's name is Cordelia. And that is straight up because of Cordelia from Puffy. Um, and I like his writing a lot. There were so many, like, you know, Joss Whedon lines in, uh, in, in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I must said Avengers, but Avengers had that too. But in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, and sometimes they're, like, almost too cute kind of thing. Yeah. And I think over time it'll get its footing. Um I wonder, it's really funny about that show, and I'm going to throw this out there, and I think people, I'm curious people think about this. If it was not called Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., like Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., it was a completely different Joss Whedon show. 
and it was called Hammer. I'm just throwing out that there, obviously, because the connection in the comics. It was called Hammer. I thought you were talking about a like a sledgehammer guy, or no, no. The sh- like, do you remember when Norm Norm Osborn took over Shield? And yeah, 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 yeah. Hammer. Anyway, so let's say the show was called Hammer, and it was about government operatives chasing superheroes. Like, would it last longer than Alphas? You know what I mean? Like, would it last longer than, than Heroes? As I was watching it, I was thinking about Heroes and Alphas, and and uh, even things like Warehouse Thirteen, Eureka, um, all these kinds of shows. Would it have had the ratings it had? Uh, obviously, when had the ratings it had, but would we have all sort of like flocked to it, kind of in the way we have? Uh, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm curious about that. If people would who have no concept of Marvel, which I don't think anybody, I think, I mean, obviously, everybody in the world saw Avengers twice. Uh, but if that stuff had, if it wasn't connected to each other at all, would it have done as well? Because part of the charm of it is is that you know, I mean, seeing Maria Hill, awesome. Yeah, like we'll probably never see her uh, her character again on the show, or at least for a long time. Uh, you know, especially if they're not. I think they're. I think they're done filming How I Met Your Mom, right? Or they're almost. No, they'll be done by. They're, the they're still doing it. They're, they're not. They're that, still filming they're, it. Yeah, they're not that far ahead. I don't think. Well, sometimes they are. I'm not. I mean, that happens with TV shows sometimes. I mean, look at Dexter, like uh, the guy who not Dexter. I'm sorry, Breaking Bad. The guy that played uh, Hank on Breaking Bad. You know, he talked about the moment he filmed his last scene, he went and immediately went to uh, start filming Under the Dome. And Under the Dome, think about this, Under the Dome aired its entire first season before the last episode of Breaking Bad, you know? Yeah. Um, so sometimes they do film stuff, like, really far in advance or kind of out of order or however you want to put it, you know? Um, but yeah, I'm curious about that. But I still liked it. Like, it was pretty cool. I like Agent Coulson, who was totally an LMD you know uh my original wish was that like my, my whole my whole nerdy wish was that the tv show would be kind of the the prequel to avengers 2 mm-hmm. because they could totally play up this idea of ultron and him being an lmd it's like robots and that kind of thing in shield before they show it in avengers um like hank pym could have been on shield and that could have been a way of reducing him there's that concept of him screwing around with with Stark's technology now that Stark is no longer Iron Man. Yeah, I, I, th- I thought about that too. Like, even like, like, what if they introduce like Carol Danvers, like make her an agent of Shield? Yeah, that'd be awesome. And then in the movie, she can like become Captain Marvel. The problem is, and even with like some like 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 Hank Hank Pym, you mm-hmm. need to cast the right because you know you're gonna want. And I, I don't mean to, to put down any like TV actors, but you know, there's a difference between TV actors and movie actors sometimes. You know, and maybe it's you know salary or whatever. So it would be tricky because you you know to try to hire someone for the TV show that would have enough of a presence to be able to possibly carry on their own franchise. Well, here's what you do. I mean, it's not like that's the thing about this whole thing with Marvel is that they are like how do I put this like revolutionaries when it comes to media right now. You know, I mean the fact that they were able to do what they did. I remember working at a comic store, and you know, I used to be, and I still am in a lot of ways, very much a defeatist. But when I worked at a comic shop, I was the guy that was like, they will never make a Superman Batman movie. That will never happen. They will never make an Avengers movie. That will never happen. Because I felt at the time, they wouldn't want us to, to combine the franchises. Uh, the way Marvel has done it is, is genius. You know? And I think in a lot of ways, what they're doing with, uh, with, with Batman versus Superman is also like 
you know, well done. It's sort of this big plan they're at. You know, like, I, I think it's interesting how they're doing it. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about Ben Affleck as Batman, but... Uh, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. That's how I'm trying to go about that, too, because I remember hearing Heath Ledger as a Joker and being like, huh? But I'm also, like, I'm a huge uh, Michael Keaton Batman fan. That's one thing. If they'd announced that, like, Michael Keaton was coming back as Batman, dude, I would have been running in the streets. Uh, I'm trying to remember if you... I, I don't know if you and I talked about this before. <laughs> I would have literally, like, lost my mind that day. I would have had to take the day off. I would have been so happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, I think it's interesting with, with the Hank Pym thing is that if they approach it the way they approached everything of, listen, we're signing you up to appear in, say, five or six episodes of 24 in S.H.I.E.L.D., but the idea is, is that we're doing that as a precursor to you being in Avengers 2, plus possibly spinning off into your own thing. Like, dude, with the reputation that Marvel has right now, I can't. I think a lot of big name movie actors would totally agree with that. Yeah. They would totally do it. It's all about scheduling at that point. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, I'm not sure who could play Hank Pym, though. I can't. I think Nathan Fillion is the only mind that pops, like, name that pops ahead, but yeah. he's so busy with Castle. I think he'd be interesting. Uh, but then I think maybe at the same time they need somebody who's a little weenier, you know? Because I think the Hank Pym over the years has sort of developed this, like, not weenie, but but sort of a lesser persona. He's not as intimidating. Mm-hmm. Uh, not as smooth. I think I think Nathan Fillion is such a uh, charismatic actor. Oh, totally. You know what I mean? Like, he just, he just, he just, just oozes machismo and eases that, that attitude. You know, because Castle and uh, Mal are so much the same character to me in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Uh I mean, I, in a way, in a way, because I think Castle's much, much more of a baby. Like, he would much more run from a fight, whereas in Mal would run into a fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of, but the, but that's still, they, they still give off that, that charm, you know? Uh, whereas in Hank Pym, I don't think, I never saw him that way. Yeah. Uh, and that's part of the reason why the whole Yellow Jacket thing happened uh, is because of that. Like, he developed that multiple personalities because of that. Uh, yeah. So the the other thing I was thinking about about Shield because I I liked it when yeah, I was I, first watching it I was like it's like oh this is really good and everything you know they really they're capturing the feel of you know the cinematic universe we're actually seeing other parts of it like you know from the street level from the people's perspective yeah. so like, this is cool and everything but then I'm thinking about it it's like so you know we know Colby Smulders isn't going to be in in many episodes you know we'll be like you said we'll be lucky if she pops in every now and then. And you know that's the same thing thing with with Samuel Jackson. I would be shocked that they managed to pull him in, which you know, maybe they will. You know, sweeps time. They'll. Oh yeah, even know. if he just walks on screen, man, and says like one thing. Yeah, you know. So so you know maybe so then so what it comes down to is you have um, Agent Coulson, who everyone loves, but then you look at all the other agents. I don't really care about any of them. You know the the, the, um, the the dude. What's his name? I don't even know who he is. I don't oh, really. Maybe care. forget his name just now. <laughs> yeah, I had so, it. And then. <laughs> I don't really care about that guy. Um, what's her Ming now? Whatever. You know, she she seems pretty cool. Uh, yeah, and I like that actress a lot. Yeah, so yeah. She cool. she's got that, uh, and she she kicked some butt in the show. So she's she's cool. The 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 new hacker girl. I don't. Sky. I, yeah. It's like, come on, really. I like Sky, but I think. Uh, I'm curious about what they're going to do with uh, the guy that was on Angel. I'm forgetting his name right now. I don't think he's he's a permanent 
I think he was just like a guest appearance. See, I thought, yeah, he even says so in the it says so in the credits, and that made me realize, like, oh, is he gonna die or something? Like, he's not gonna be in the full the full show. I mean, he'll, uh, he'll have to get cured or locked away, you know. But but think about how Joss Whedon works. If you are a fan of Buffy and Angel specifically, he was really good at introducing characters that would later become important. You know, Lauren, yeah. uh, Lauren. I'm thinking more of Angel right now, but mm-hmm. like Lauren and Fred came later and became like really important parts of the show. I mean, Lauren was like a, a little, little snippet and then became a main guy yeah. in the last season specifically. Uh, yeah. You know, he's awesome that last season. Um, but yeah, like they kind of, that's the thing that they, he's known for doing. And so introducing that character at the beginning, it could be something that guy reforms himself and becomes a member of the team later. And that's a very Marvel thing to do. That's very much like rogue joining the X-Men, mm-hmm. you know, kind of thing of like, having creating this sort of bad guy character that's kind of bad and kind of has a weird situation and then bringing them in as part of the team to create that tension later is very much very much a comic book especially marvel thing to do and so he could do that because they had to fight that guy and you can totally see him and ming not like later on not getting along mm-hmm. uh, which yeah that could be cool uh there's a lot of possibilities of that show man a lot of stuff yeah. they could do but then you got fitzsimmons the, the, oh yeah they were a little annoying but they're I, yeah, that was like too too much. That was like pushing it too far. It's like okay. So here's my question: Are you a fan of Buffy and Angel? I am, and but see, oh, see but, man, but, all that stuff is so just. It it is, and that, that yeah, I was just gonna say that. So it worked in that show because that was the tone of those shows, especially Buffy. You know, Buffy was more like yeah. that than, than Angel was. But yeah, but yeah. even Avengers, you know, you, you know, and you know, you get the Tony Stark, you know, the quips and all that stuff like that. But that's not really. I mean, Shield isn't Buffy. You know, even if you have an ensemble cast or whatever, and yeah. and to get them, it it's you know, and and you said it before, like you know, everyone has has those Joss Whedon lines. It's it's like yeah. everyone that I mean that that that's one of the problems of sitcom, where it's like everyone is a comedian. You know, if you take like Friends, you know, everyone's throwing these, these you know these funny one liners. It's like real life. Yeah, it's not like that. And and to even get that on, on Shield, where it's it's a little more serious. And then, you know, if people are making these jokes, you know, because they have some, some, you know, writer writing the lines for them, it's like... Yeah, and, that's, very, that's the thing. You're right. There should have been one character who wasn't funny. And, you know? And, and, you know, it, it's good to have that because, you know, like, because Iron Man 3 just came out and, you know, you, you get those just like sprinkled in, you know, the, the little little yeah. bits of humor. And it, it's great. And it, it was great in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But mm-hmm. those two characters, I, I think... That that's what really did it for me. You know. Was, oh, which two? Wait, wait, which two characters? Fritz and Simmons. Yeah. Oh, okay. So because like yeah, I said, those, those are the Wonder Twins are gonna die. Like that's what I see those guys as, as being. You know, like those are the cute kids. Those are the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually, like the Wonder Twins leader have to grow up. Like it's kind of interesting with their character because you when you watch TV, you kind of you can kind of start predicting which characters are gonna have which story arcs. And that's going to be their story arc because they're really, really, ex- they're really, really happy and excited to be there. And then either a something's going to happen that's going to basically like a slap of a reality for them mm-hmm. of like, hey, this is not funny, you know, like you guys are not cute and this could be really bad, or uh, that one of them is going to die, which could lead to the same thing. But you know what I mean? Or they have complete adult arcs where they become like badass characters. You look at Wesley, like he's like this is something Joss Whedon's really good at, man. Like Wesley was. Uh, a total dweeb in Buffy. Mm-hmm. But then you get to the last episode of Angel and he's a badass. Like, you know, and even in Angel when he shows up with like a leather jacket and a motorcycle and stuff, he was still badass, but he was still a dweeb. 
but that was the that was the midpoint of that arc. Yeah. You know, um, it's the same thing with Giles too. You know, uh, the I was just thinking about this the other day. Again, spoilers. You know, Giles kills um, Glory, or he kills Ben, uh, but but essentially does kill Glory. And like that brutal scene at the end of season five, where he basically chokes uh, Ben to death, right? Or as a joke, he smothers him, right? Yeah. Like that's not the same character from the beginning. Uh, but I guess it's again what we're talking about is the the patience, you know. Uh, we all watched the, we all watched this Agents of Shield show, and automatically are like, well, that's how it's going to be. I, I wonder where those characters are going to be at by the end of the season, and why the show ends. Which I'm really curious. I can't. It's funny now how some shows last five years. You know, now that seems to be the like the AMC formula. Yeah. Uh, seven, eight. Like, I wonder is there going to be a Shield show? For ten years, like that is crazy to me. Uh, but it's, I, I don't know. Isn't that nuts to think about that? That there could be a a, a Marvel TV show over ten years. I I'd be surprised. Because you know, how your mom? I remember. I thought how your mom was going to be canceled, and it's on its ninth year. You know, so like uh, eighth. Yeah, maybe eighth. It's nine. Know. It's nine. Like it's his ninth season. Okay. So. uh yeah, dude, it's so insane. I guess that depends on the budget too, because the budget on this show is probably pretty high. Well, that that's gonna so, be the other thing. Is like, I you know they put a lot into it for the pilot. You know they have to make the pilot look you know really great. Yeah, and 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 there's also the thing. It's like you know Joss Whedon. He's he's not gonna be that heavily involved because you know he, is that the thing. I don't even know. I have no idea like what the what the thing is like how much he actually is or is not involved with it. I mean, he's gonna be busy. He's he's got that other movie he's gonna be doing. Oh, Avengers! Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "What are you talking about?" I just watched that teaser, man. So awesome! It's the the, the, the leak teaser. Yeah, the quote unquote leak teaser. Yeah, that's now like official or whatever. Yeah, of them like of the Iron Man armor getting reshaped into being Ultron. Mm-hmm. So that's a that's a pretty cool one. I'm glad it's Ultron too. Like, I think that's interesting. I, I think we uh, got a buddy of mine that I think you and I talked about on. The- met my friend jason ho and i we we were speculating a lot about we kind of were guessing it was gonna be ultron like a while ago mm-hmm. and that was our whole thing we thought that because as soon as we heard that there was gonna be a shield show and that uh agent colson was gonna be on it i was like lmd lmd and that lmd will leave oh my original thought was ultron would be the t would be the shield bad guy uh that was sort of what i was thinking so it was the movie i was like oh cool that, that's interesting uh, but i did did they say that that agent colson was not going to be in um the Avengers two, I I don't I haven't heard anything about that. I thought I saw that somewhere. I might be wrong. Um, you know, it's really interesting. And then the same day, that, it was kind of funny, man. Like the same day that uh, you know that Ages of Shields airs, <laughs> DC announces they're doing Gotham, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm excited about. I'm a little leery about Fox. Oh, one last thing about Agents of Shield that's really funny. It is funny to me. Joss Whedon is totally having his cake and eating it too because one of the things about Firefly that I don't think people realize is that like he built that ship, right? Like when they would film, they would film inside that ship. He totally put Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s base inside a freaking ship mm-hmm. again. So he gets to have himself another ship drama, you know? Uh, that's their quote-unquote fire station, you know, is, is inside the ship. I think it's interesting that that's the choice they made. But it's cool, but it's so Firefly. Uh, but anyway, I got them. Like, I'm really interested to see where it's going to go. I had a friend message me on Facebook about how he was really hoping that that uh, 
Greg Rucka and Brubaker were going to be involved in mm-hmm. the show. And I was like, oh, oh, honey. <laughs> like, uh, it's going to be, it's not going to be like Gotham Central at all. No. You know, um, especially if you look at a lot of like Fox dramas, I'm really curious how dark they're going to go. Because to me, Gotham, Gotham is, I'm going to, Gotham is a shithole, mm-hmm. you know? Especially at that time period, too. Yeah. You know? Um, well, again, I'm curious to see where they're going to go. Because uh, when Gordon transferred into Gotham, he did it uh, by choice. Uh, I'm curious if they can have it be that same thing where he's the young rookie that's got transferred in from Chicago, or is he going to be um, like born and bred Gotham, Gothamite, you know, that is going to save his city? Uh, and how young are they going? I don't know. I haven't heard, really heard anything other than they're doing a Gotham show with yeah, Gordon. They said nothing. So I don't know how, how old is he going to be? Is he going to be. Uh, like, is he a rookie, or is he detective? I think they're gonna they're gonna want to go. I'd say maybe mid mid twenties, because you you don't want you don't want someone, you know, super super old. Yeah, he can't be lieutenant yet, right? I mean, that's the whole thing. Because once he once he hits lieutenant time period, that is that's your one time period. Yeah. Um. So you you, know. you just want young, so you can you know attract you know younger yeah. uh, younger audience. Yeah, so I'm really curious what they're going to do because the idea of it, because they can do whatever they want. It's not like they have to stick to any guidelines or rules. I think the only characters that we'll probably never see is we'll probably never see the Joker and we'll never see Batman. And obviously, like Dick Grayson and that kind of those people. Unless but it isn't unless beyond Circus is town. Well, Circus is in town, yeah, yeah. It's always possible to see like the Drakes, you know, mm-hmm. um, like that family of people, but they won't be as uh, involved. Maybe the know? Powers. Yeah, so, I mean, but the other thing is like the villains, because you know it, it's a t- the typical comic book thing where you know once you have a costume hero, that's when the the costume villains pop up, and yeah. and you know you didn't really have any of that. I mean, you could have the Falcones or Falconies, whatever. Yeah, for, they could they could probably they could probably do Oswald Cobblepot. You know, they could probably yeah. get away with a few things here and there. But, uh, but you know, you you can't you can't do. Obviously, no Joker. You can't have, yeah. you know, Riddler wouldn't work. I mean, you could. But they could have Harley Quinn, you know? Yeah, I yeah. feel like they could have they could have Harley. Yeah, it's uh, before she went. Yeah, she would be this, like, devious. I mean, that's the only thing, though. I think they're also they're going to avoid Birds of Prey, you or, know? Or maybe they'll have this washed-up comedian with a pregnant wife, this loser who, who loses his job, and he joins the Red Hood gang. If they had the Red Hood gang, but we didn't know who it was, that would be awesome. If they, did, if they like, fulfilled that idea of like this, the Red Hood gang is around. That'll be like the biggest like to me. That'd be such an awesome little Easter egg. Yeah, uh, if they did it, it zero year style. Yeah, it's funny when, when I first heard about this. I don't remember who I was talking to about this, but that was what sort of the opinion was that like they should just do zero, you know, mm-hmm. but do the year zero thing. Yeah. Um, but I think it's interesting. It's gonna be because uh, I mean, think about like Fox, the Fox shows that are out there that are kind of crime crime sort of uh, elements. I'm trying to think of the last Fox show that I, that I watched. Uh, well, have, so I watched Sleepy Hollow. That was the last Fox show I watched was Sleepy Hollow. Uh, and look at how that is set up where it's like there's just hint of things but it's still going to have some kind of... It's going to be a procedural. If it's not a procedural, I will be surprised. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it would be interesting if the very, very last season... This is where we start getting crazy stuff like fanboy stuff that will never happen but it would be crazy if the last season was investigation of the murder of the Waynes. 
if like the last season because if they did it it would be interesting if each season was a story arc of like this is a crime that he is investigating this murder um like the killing and i think that's the thing now you have to have a bridge with tv shows of procedural plus big story arcs like looking at breaking bad as an example um and having this sort of like in each episode has sort of procedural element to it there's an overall investigation it'd be interesting if the last the last season was him trying to find joe chill you know because mm-hmm. um, you could do that and not have Bruce Wayne around but then it also depends on how the ages of people uh, I don't know, how old do you think Bruce Wayne was when his parents were murdered um that's a good I've question. had this I've had this argument I'm gonna say argument with people so I'm curious what you think I think he'd be between uh, six and eight shit man you were one of those huh a ten he was ten <laughs> I don't know he was ten yeah, he was totally 10. He's too... Because I think you have to imagine, like, how... Here's the, always the equation always comes down to, for me. How long he stayed in Gotham until he left? You know, like, how long was he just chilling? Well, if he, was six or, if he was 6 or 8, a lot of stuff probably would have changed. I think that he was at an age... I think 10. There's something about that age that makes me think that he only hung around for a little bit less. If he, man, if he was 6, ugh. I think six is would be rough. I think that the, the like the imagery we saw, he would he would have turned out much more like Dexter than Batman if he had been six. Uh, hmm. I mean, because well, then the other question is like who who raised him after? Yeah, that's always an important one. Yeah, because uh, originally there was no Alfred until after Dick Grayson was already moved in. Mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. when he he comes to town. He's like, "Oh, my father was Jarvis," and but then you know, then it, they they later switched it where Alfred you know was there to to take him in because there is this one this one great panel. It was in one of those like like secret origins or secret mm-hmm. files or something like that where um, Alfred's like like sitting on a couch with like a social worker, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. like writing her a check, and then you see Bruce Wayne. It's it's like you're inside the fireplace. And Bruce Wayne is throwing his file into the fireplace. So it's like Alfred yeah. paid off the social worker to say, yeah, this kid's going to live with, with me. I'm a butler. He's going to live here. We're not going to put yeah. him in foster care or anything like that. He paid her off, yeah. Yeah, because that's the other thing. And then, you know, because even now in the New 52, you know, which whatever, you know, there, there's certain, we've seen all sorts of different things. But like yeah. with, with the zero issues, there's been some glimpses like, you know, him – being at whatever boarding school or something like that and then once he mm-hmm. turned 18 that's when he he took off yeah i don't know i think it's when i talked to scott like i talked like scott and i talked about that a couple times about the ages of things and sort of where they were at it's interesting but i think it's also why they don't want to they don't want to nail it down mm-hmm. you know they never want to give you any exacts uh we know he left when he was 18 like God, that he left gotham when he was 18 uh, but i've always thought and I, that's why i did that one uh, Adventures of Young Bruce Wayne. Yeah, which was really good. Thanks, man. I, the reason why I did that was because I always thought him and Alfred started traveling. Yeah. Um, they were using that money to just kind of see things, you know? Yeah. Um, but in Alfred's mind, he was trying to distract Bruce and show Bruce. It's interesting. He was trying to show Bruce this bigger world was out there and try to, like, help him get over his parents. Not get over his parents' death, but sort of, like, move on, you know? But at the same time, he, I think he was realizing he was showing Bruce sort of the... Their, the crimes of the world kind of thing. And I think that's where Bruce started forming his plan and what he was going to do and how he was going to be trained to become Batman. Isn't that time period? 
yeah. It's really interesting, man. I'm really curious what they're going to do with this show. Like, Leslie Tompkins can be in there, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, have her be this, like, social worker slash, like, runs the soup kitchen character that he talks to. And, uh, I don't know. The guy who's running it, he did The Mentalist, right? Is that yeah. right? I never watched Mentalist before, so I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> I think uh, I may have seen like a total of possibly three episodes. Okay. Um, they could even bring think? in Black Mask. That's what I thought would be cool is bringing in Black Mask. Again, it's interesting because the, you, there is a, a certain element of like crime people they can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, Just not, not full-on costume. I mean, Black Mask would be yeah. probably pushing the whole mask element. But yeah, you don't you don't yeah. you don't want Mister Freeze or you know nope. But you can get away with the guys who sort of like with Black Mask. Maybe it's just a guy who keeps masks in his office. Sort of like I don't know if you remember this, but sort of like how uh, back when Kelly Jones was still drawing, I think it was Chuck Dixon was writing it maybe. But they did that storyline where there was like a heavier Black Mask. It wasn't the skull. He literally wore a Black Mask. But that guy had masks all over the place. Like you can kind of play around with some of that if. Uh, yeah, you, you could probably yeah, you could play around with a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, yeah. All right. So you want to do some questions? Sure. Um, yeah, the, there was something else I wanted to talk about, but I haven't got the confirmation email letting me have permission yet. Oh, so. one thing we can talk about going back to uh, <laughs> Superman, Batman, or whatever. Yeah. Um, there is there's there was a apparently a rumor or mm-hmm. some secret casting top secret casting that they're looking for uh a, an actress mm-hmm. who appears to be strong between 25 and 35 is that what be wonder woman maybe that's what people are saying that's what they're saying or they're saying or maybe it's just like some super villainous hey, who knows i don't know i i i think it'd be closer to a super villain than wonder woman I think that the Wonder Woman casting will not be a casting call that goes out. You know what I'm saying? That'll be some private Zack Snyder like stuff. Yeah. I think if they were if they were going that direction, if they were going to have Wonder Woman in the movie, which I don't think they would, if they were going to have a cameo or a last you know teaser at the end of the movie kind of thing, mm-hmm. um, that'll be a very short list of people. You know? Yeah. That'll be like like maybe five, ten names, and that will knock out to people. That'll be something they will, they will already know in their mind. Like Zack Snyder already picked in his head. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, and I, I, I can't think of because Christopher Nolan is not involved in this as a producer anymore. I think, right? Uh, uh, I'm not sure. But David Goyer, like David Goyer, those guys, they know already. If that was the case, if that was what they were doing. That list is like again, maybe I'm, I'm gonna say five, but maybe ten names long. They're not gonna have an open casting call. They already know who they're gonna cast for that. You know? Yeah. Um, that'll be really, really like quiet and limited. I don't think that they would put that out there the way they have it's more than likely for something else more likely for a bad guy but more than likely like a fauna sort of thing like in the first superman movie but who well, knows this movie's gonna even be about you yeah. know because you know the other thing is when when they do i mean you got to think about how they're going to do this like so let's let's say they have like three or five whatever actresses in mind you know like, like this <laughs> this is who could be wonder woman to approach them because you know they, they they can't just straight out say hey what do you think about playing Wonder Woman? Because once they say that, and then what if this person's like, like, no, no way, and then they go out and tell everyone, and then that that yeah. ruins it. Because you know, you you if if he did like some secret casting thing like this, like, oh yeah, you know, this is what we're looking for. All right, sign his confidentiality thing now. Yeah. Then then you tell him because 
Yeah. You know, they'd, they'd have to be very careful. So they could almost do something like this. And then I don't know. I mean, I get maybe it's different in, in Hollywood. I don't know how the whole actor stuff works where mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's not like you have to have an open casting call. You know, it's it's not not like when when you have a position you have to you know publicly announce it and you know take an application yeah. rather than just say yeah. I'm going to give it to you um you know my third cousin on my you know whatever neighbor's side or I mean know. think about the Batman movie here's an example Here, here's an example there was no, wait, as soon as they announced Superman Batman there was never a casting announcement for Batman you know what I mean it wasn't we need a tall brooding man <laughs> you know like that ever came out it was like. <laughs> You know, they kept that on the down low and they went to whoever they went to, you know, like Josh Brolin or whatever. There was like maybe five guys they went out to and the names kind of got leaked because they talked. We never heard, dude, seriously, when the Ben Affleck thing came out, no one had a clue about that. No one. Mm -hmm. That came out of nowhere. There was no little article. There was no like, oh, someone's talking to Ben Affleck. They've been talking to Ben Affleck for years about doing the Justice League movie. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be the exact same thing when it comes to casting Wonder Woman, dude. We're not going to hear about some casting thing they went out to central casting with you know or the casting agents that will not happen um they 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 know because they're gonna want a name mm-hmm. you know um and if it's not a name if it's not a name if it is something closer to you know uh how they cast superman or it's like somebody who we you know from certain tv shows again i think it's gonna be such a private thing it's not gonna be something that goes out you know they're gonna they're gonna reach out to people ahead of time yeah and it'll be somebody we those people have probably worked with before or Again, like HBO person or something. Or Megan Fox. Oh my god, please no. (laughs) People would be like, what? No! That is one of those things where I don't even for a second, like, I know she is a beautiful woman, but not even for a second would I think that she, you know, like Ben Affleck, I'm very much like, all right, man, we'll see, we'll see. I, You know, the thing about Ben Affleck is he's he's not getting any younger. So, I mean, when you think about it like that, it's like, it's, it's, you know, now now thinking about the whole plot of, of whatever the movie's going to be about. So it's like, obviously, they're not going with like year one Batman. You know, this is a Batman that may have been around. So then the other question is, has he been Batman for years? And you know, it, was he like the the Gotham urban myth where no one really saw him and they, there mm-hmm. it's it just story. Yeah, I think I think they've already said that, right? That he's a he's a grizzled uh, I, I older cat. I haven't heard anything. Oh, I read that that he's like an, it, it is going to be older, like more experienced Batman. Is this so is official? He Gotham this whole time. Official stuff you read, or just didn't I, I? I thought I read that like from a David Goyer or a uh, like Christopher Nolan in an interview. Like nothing. Not, like I've heard people. I thought I read that somewhere. They were saying that. Oh, don't that get me started. David Goyer recently is talking about justifying the the controversial ending to Man of Steel. Yeah, let's not talk about that. But I did. Get, I do have good news. <laughs> For you, I did get approval just now to talk about the other thing. Okay, should we? So I'm not. So this will this will run after that, I guess. Like the announcement will be made. Um, I can only talk about it a little bit because I don't want to like give away too much. But you can at least put this on the podcast. It'll be cool. Okay. Um. So as you know, as you and I have talked about, no, we haven't. Uh, Maybe. We oh, have. we haven't at all. Oh, okay. Uh, I am writing. Have we? Uh, <laughs> sure. I am writing a, a new Predator series for Dark Horse. So this is the first time I've talked to anybody else about it, other than people that are working on it. Um, it's uh, pretty top secret. Uh, it's going to tie into some other stuff that's going on. Um, we've been all working. Um, I kind of have a writer's room situation on a few other books. Uh, it's part of the whole thing with Prometheus. Is like Dark Horse is planning to do, uh, you know, a bigger line of things. They've already announced that uh, Paul Tobin and Juan Ferrer are going to be doing Prometheus. 
uh, and I will be writing Predator. Uh, it's been really fun. Like we kind of had these uh, these big writer room meetings where it's me, Paul, uh, an artist, some other writers that I can't say who they are yet because it's not the time or the analysis haven't started yet. But uh, we've all been trying to figure out this uh, this plan that we have. Uh, and it was funny as we were talking about Predator in the meetings. Uh, I kept thinking like, man, this Predator book's gonna be awesome. Um, I wasn't sure. I didn't know I was writing better at the time. Uh, but we kept, like, all the ideas and the visuals we were talking about and the stuff we wanted to do with it. And I'm a big, you know, I love the Predator movies. Um, and so, toward the end of the meeting, I was like, so, what am I writing? And uh, Dark Horse said, oh, you're, you're, you seem to have a good handle on Predator. You're writing Predator. And I was like, in my brain, like, in person, I was like, oh, okay. But in my brain, I was like, Yes! <laughs> Um, so I'm really excited about it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, you know, like, again, it's really, really early to sort of get into too much about it, but, um, definitely doing something classic with the, the franchise. Um, you know, I really wanted to make sure that I was able to tell, uh, sort of a nod to the classic predator stories, but at the same time, do something fun with it. That's me. Like that was also very important to me personally. Um, you look at the kind of books I've been doing, especially something like ghosted, uh, I wanted to make sure that the, the Predator really f- fell into my wheelhouse. And thankfully, the story that I'm doing, it does, definitely does that. So are you saying Arnold Schwarzenegger's character is going to be in it? I wish. Or Carl Weathers. Awesome. Dutch. I wish I could find a way of doing that, but no. Or Danny uh, Glover's? It won't work at all. No, not Danny, Danny Glover. Glover. Not at Streets of L.A.? Know. Wasn't it like in L.A.? When that, that took place? Yeah, the second one was in L.A. Yeah, no, mine does not take place there. <laughs> <laughs> Mine has a bigger story. I don't know. It's pretty cool. Like, we're doing something really interesting with it. We're doing, um, you know, basically... Here, hold on a second. Let me make sure I'm, what I'm allowed to talk about. Um, just just read the whole thing. Okay. Together, uh, a bunch of writers and some artists, and we've been sort of building this plan. Uh, you know, my story is about a predator on... Um, hunting something. I can't say what it is, but my predator is hunting something that is to him like the, the, the great hunt, you know, the last great hunt, the thing that this is, he's an older predator um, sort of passes prime. And a lot of other predators want to put him out to pasture kind of attitude. Um, but he's like this hardened badass who has this one, one last thing he really wants to hunt and finally see sort of a track of it and able to do that and is able to go after it. And so sort of my story is about him going after this one last thing. Uh, and I don't know, man, it's gonna be a lot of fun. I'm hoping that people, people enjoy it. How much, uh, how, so how, how, how far have you worked into it? Uh, we're really in the early stages right now. Uh, I've done quite a bit of work on it already. Uh, but I can't really get too much into two two specifics right now. Okay, because there's there's gonna be a twist. I was gonna say you should do, but I shouldn't say that because it's this small little. Because t- I I'm I'm reading. Um, there's a Star Wars book called Kenobi, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's it's taking place like right right after uh, Obi Wan goes to Tatooine with Luke mm-hmm. and gives him to the the Lars to raise, and then he goes to live out in the desert, and you know off of that. There's just a, this tiny little twist that I was going to say, oh, you should do that, but I don't want to spoil it for the book. Oh, you can tell me later on. Yeah, yeah if you want to. No, I'm far, like, I mean, I'm 
the, all the major beats and all the stuff that I need to know are all there. I mean, trust me, when we get there, when when the reveal of what it is he's hunting comes about, I think it's going to be an oh shit moment for some people. Mm. Uh, but it's really interesting sort of telling the story. And it, it's with a predator, you know, there's so much, so much you can do with him storytelling wise because he can't talk. Mm. Uh, but that's part of the fun, I think. And again, the challenge of writing him as a character, of writing this particular predator, is doing uh, different like storytelling techniques to get across this message, this, this story with him. Uh, it's going to be really, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun, man. And, and again, uh, I can't wait for Dark Horse. So I think at, I think at near Comic-Con, but soon, very soon, we're going to kind of reveal exactly what we've been working on. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it's, it's been interesting. And well, you know, Paul and Juan are doing Prometheus is going to be amazing as well. Um, yeah, it's going to be really cool. It'd be really cool. Very interesting. So I think it'll be more more news around the same time as this podcast goes live out there. Um, and I think overly over time, you know, there'll be more and more about about this stuff. But for me, it, it's funny because I promised myself I wasn't going to write any more licensed stuff for mm-hmm. a while. You know, I think I got kind of burnt out on it, and I was really focusing on things that were mine and Captain Midnight. You know, like Captain Midnight is sort of its own kind of book, and I don't think of Captain Midnight as a licensed thing. Mm-hmm. Uh but then when this came along, I was really excited about it because I felt like Dark Horse and I were really on the same page with the direction we wanted to go to with this book. Um, and it's been, honestly, it's been a really rewarding experience, again, because it's sort of a writer's room situation where I've been able to sit there and bounce ideas back and forth with other writers and sort of get their takes um, and get their opinions on things. It's been really interesting. Mm-hmm. Sort of, uh, yeah, just talking with them about, about all of this. Um, yeah, it was really, it's been really rewarding. It's funny when you, when you work alone, a lot of times it's just you in a room, you know, as a writer, it's you on your, your office by yourself. Uh, and you rarely get to really sit down and crack a story with a bunch of different writers, editors, um, and with Predator and these other, this other stuff that we're doing, that was something we were able to do. Uh, and it was just like really exciting. I remember when I got back from the first meeting, I was like so wired and I could not sleep that night. I was so excited about it and thinking about it. And I wanted to start writing immediately, but I knew I had to wait to uh, continue developing it with everybody. Um, but yeah, Predator. I mean, if you're a fan of Predator, I hope that you were able to read this book and like it because it's something we've, you know, I'm a fan of Predator. I have like one of my best friends watches Predator like once a month almost. Uh, and so I got, I got people on me, you know, making sure we do the best book possible. And again, because I'm in this, this room with all these other writers, I feel like, the pressure is on, you know, mm-hmm. to make this book amazing. And again, like I said, I don't, I promised myself I wasn't going to do any more licensed books for a while. But with this one, um, I know I'm capable of making it into something really stand out, you know, stand out among a lot of the other licensed work I've done and the other Predator books. Well, if I'm being perfectly honest, I think the, the trickiest part, uh-huh. I think it's going to be more with the art and, and, and the color. Yeah. Because you know, I I think I told you about like my my it's it's more with the sci-fi comics, which you know Predator can mm-hmm. can kind of venture there. Is if the the color's not right, and and you know I I also mentioned that in um the the review I wrote for for Captain Midnight, mm-hmm. where you know there's there's a couple points where yeah I I don't know I, I guess it really depends where you know if if you have too many colors, mm-hmm. it it it, it kind of changes the tone of the story. Mm-hmm. And and more so with 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 sci-fi comics, 
you know, because there, there's been some Star Wars comics that I've tried reading, and, and it's just there's too many blues and reds, and it's just it kind of pulls me away from it. And mm-hmm. even though I know the comic, I know it's a story. I know it's it's not real. I know it's you know a comic book. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that could be the trick with a Predator comic, and is, is getting like the right art and just. Just the, no, we've talked about a lot. The, I mean, the complement, the, the tone of of the script that you would want to set up. Yeah, with the with the colors, we've talked a lot about color palettes. Let's that's definitely been a conversation that's been had. Uh, is making sure we have a really strong color palette uh, that works. So it's definitely something that's on our, on our mind as well while we're putting this particular book together. Yeah. So I'm hoping you know, yeah, it's gonna be interesting with this. Um, like in my mind, man, I see it, dude. Like I, I see very much how the look at this book is going to be. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see sort of uh, how people will react to it, or you maybe know? you know maybe they should get um, Art and Franco, itty bitty predator, <laughs> itty bitty predator. That'd be really funny. I was gonna that would s- actually be really funny. I was going to say your friend Jason Ho, do it like you know, oh yeah, Simpson could, yeah, style. The Simpsons, no. <laughs> yeah, I think he actually Jason has drawn some pretty badass predators on his blog. Hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, he would not be the best. <laughs> Dude, I think that would be really funny, though. That would be funny. That's a, that's a funny backup strip kind of thing that we could do. That would be really funny to do. Yeah. It would be interesting. be cool. <laughs> so you want to try to do some questions before we wrap this up? Yeah. Is there time? Uh, we have as much time as you want. Um, my voice still holding Starting out. Starting to go. Uh, okay, it's, let's do that. It's, 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 yeah, it's, it's there. I have about five minutes. So five, let's do minutes. five minutes? Of questions. Yeah, maybe ten. Okay. I should probably wrap up at three. I have like a, a ton of emails that came in while we were talking just now that I have to like, and I got art to judge right now yeah. and, and, and edit or proof. I got, yeah, I, I don't even, I'm, I'm going to cry like how much I have to do, which I don't even want to think about. I know we talked about. <laughs> um, okay. Let's see. I don't remember if I read this one. Okay. So slaps, slabs 88. Um, first time posting question. Um, I was thinking about how Marvel does a better job making their world seem more connected than DC. Do you think there has, has a lot to do with the super secret Marvel retreat? So I don't know if I answered this one before. What are your thoughts on this? Cause DC does retreats too. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I think it's really interesting. I don't know. I feel like the DC universe is pretty connected. I don't know. I'm a little behind on stuff. Well, the new 52, when it started, there was, yeah. And I think this is why this sounds familiar because there was like a huge disconnect. I, I think, and I, I'm I'm totally making this up. I'm, you know, I have no no inside knowledge of this, but I, I think the idea was to for each little corner to establish themselves, because like like you know you had Scott Snyder Swamp Thing, where mm-hmm. like when when the rot was like taking over like uh, taking over this whole town and killing you know or or like um I Vampire I think there's like a, a town of like 400 people were all turned into vampires and then so they all yeah. left and and the Justice like. Like, hmm, what happened to that that town in Texas or wherever it was? It you know they just all disappeared, and yeah. so so you really had that big disconnect. Then at at some point, whether it was like in the second year, then we just sort of got slammed with let's connect everything up, and then you know they started doing more crossovers and all that. So it seems like they just right now there's there's total you know Trinity War and everything. They're trying to tie They're it all connected. together. Yeah. yeah. Um. I think, again, yeah, I mean, I think that DC at first was not doing the retreats. That's more of a, a recent thing. Uh, but I think Marvel, it's much more of a focus for them. I think DC wants it to be, they want the books to kind of stand alone and have a little bit of a connection. Or I think Marvel specifically is really on top of that. Um, 
I think it's also an obsessive nature of people who work on those books. You know, Tom Brevoort is a guy that's been around for so long. I think for him, he's really one of those guys that wants everything to tie up. Um, same with Axel. I think that's something that's always been Marvel's thing, though. You know, yeah. like it's not new. Marvel's always been on the whole like this is a shared universe. Like mm-hmm. they have really been on top of it. That's a Stanley Jack Kirby thing. So I think it's it's not a new thing. I think that's the way it's been this whole time. Yeah, DC it, was really like that a few years ago, but I don't think as much of a an initiative as it is for Marvel. There's also like mo- no pun intended. <laughs> the m- majority of Marvels takes place in New York, where you know you got Metropolis, yeah. you got Gotham, you got Co City, and you know yeah, DC's always been on top of like spreading their characters out. You know, yeah, Marvels uh, they're all, the all in the same place. Yeah, so that's that's part of why. Yes, I, I think even it, then. I think it's more that than than retreats. I don't. I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And I think the characters are a little more tied together. And dude, ever since Civil War, Marvel has really been on top of that. Like yeah. that has really been a thing. I mean, think about it. With and even with new, well, I guess before Civil War, with Avengers Assembled. I mean, Avengers Assembled and and New Avengers. That's what a large part of what New Avengers was about mm-hmm. was like having a team that had all corners of that universe kind of put together. Whereas in DC, that doesn't really exist. There isn't like a team that has that. Um, you could argue they do in a way, but no. You know what I mean? Like, if they had a team that was Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, but then was like Animal Man, and then was like John Constantine, you know, um, sort of more spread out, bringing those characters in, I think that could be a more valid argument. But New Avengers was really a ragtag group of characters from all over that universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was really the start of that. DC doesn't really do that as much. They, they literally don't. I mean, that's why you have different teams. They have different setups. Um, that's the thing about New Avengers now. New Avengers is that idea of one person representing each sort of franchise, mm-hmm. kind of. Except for Spider-Man, which is the biggest franchise. Yeah. Um, well, I guess now Avengers is the biggest franchise, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, there you go. That's my opinion on it. Okay. The Manta Shrimp says. Uh, if you could preview the full issue, one of the upcoming new fall image or vertigo books a month early, which would you choose? And if you can't choose one, can you get a top three? Uh, yes, I can choose. Uh, for vertigo, I would pick, uh, was it a hinter kind? Yeah. I don't know anything about that. I, I mean, uh, I, I just, book? yeah, I, I just read the little solicit but i don't i don't know what's beyond that i'd like to read it i love stuff i i really think that one looks looks cool um i'd like to check that one out and then um what else what else what else for image i'm, I'm oh, curious about deadly class of black science yeah i'm 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 curious about coffin hill from vertigo yeah yeah i thought uh, about that one too um yeah black science definitely um velvet Velvet, yeah, pretty deadly is something I want to, but I think I kind of feel like that stuff is so on top of us right now. Like it's gonna be out in a month, you know. Well, it's, yeah, October twenty third, because because yeah. Kelly Sue had, um, I think she had like it was the first three issues, just uh, like black and white, like pencils and inked. She had them at her table. Oh, and, did she really? Think? I would have, I would have checked those out. Yeah, I, it, I, I had known. I would have looked at them. It, it it looks amazing. Yeah, yeah, it does. So, um, all right, next question. Um, okay, here was one more from Manus Shrimp. Um. So an older podcast heard you answer a question about how you thought Carrie Kelly would not be introduced in U fifty two. Now that she's been introduced, what do you think about her presence in the DC universe? Is it really Carrie Kelly? Like straight out Carrie Kelly? Like no it's, I don't know. I Okay, so after Damien died, spoiler. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, spoiler. So it, it turned out that Carrie Kelly was this college student who was 
giving Damien, I, th- I believe it was like acting lessons. What? There's like some weird thing. I, I'm not really, I, did I, I don't know if I just missed something. Cause basically, cause she's like, you know, cause, um, they, they were like canceling. So then she goes to the manor. She's like, where's Damien at? You know, he hasn't been coming and, and they're like, Oh, what? I think the excuse is like, he, he went off to boarding school, like in another country. Cause they still haven't publicly said that Damien died. Cause you know, I guess that'd be weird. It's like, Oh, Robin died. Oh, Damien's dead too. Hmm. So they're, Does they're, the public know that Robin died? Well, I mean, it, it happened in Wayne, the lobby of Wayne Tower when, oh yeah, yeah um, okay. you know, Leviathan was attacking all that. So they maybe they know, kind of know. So I don't know. Yeah. so yeah, they're they're just trying to really hide that. So she's just this girl named Carrie Kelly. You know, she's wearing. I mean, it's it's obviously not the same Carrie Kelly because the other one's in the future, but it's it's basically her. She has a blonde yeah. roommate. I was about about the the poop my pants if if her name turned out to be stephanie yeah not really poop my pants probably but but no i would hope not i yeah. hope not but yeah that's interesting um i don't know what they're gonna do with her because i think she appeared in maybe i don't know if she was in another issue after that i don't know if she's coming back and i that's really I, weird yeah i wonder what they're gonna do with that if there's a plan there because it, you know so they, they did the the wtf cover where she was in oh the, yeah in the I robin costume and it's because she was at a costume party and she was wearing a Robin costume. A Robin costume. That's kind of cool, though, in a way. Because I've always liked the whole... That's not, that's, that is such a DC Comics thing. Of like, I'm at a costume party, and I'm going to fight crime now. But, and but, that is straight up... That is that is, like, that is Batgirl. That is Thomas Wayne. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's such a... It was know. just weird she had like the pixie boots and all that, where no one... None of the Robins had, wore the pixie boots. You know, when uh, we saw all, all the Zero issues, no one had the shorts, the short shorts and pixie boots. They all had pants. It's like no, no shorts and no skirts in the DC universe. Oh, that was wait. her version of it. That was her cosplay version of the costume. Yeah. Her sexy, sexy version. Like sexy yeah, Ninja Turtle. The, yeah. Sexy Robin costume. Yeah. Sexy Boy Wonder. What? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, uh, I, I don't know. I think it's cool. It's fine. It's interesting. I mean, that's a lot of the stuff. It's kind of interesting they're doing this. It's all about execution. You know, I think people forget that part of the, of the equation when they do this stuff. Yeah, but it just seemed like, announcements. It just seemed like it was a total like let's let's just do something shocking. I mean, maybe they got something planned yeah. with her. It's hard to say with zero year and villains month. You know who who knows? Mm-hmm. I I'm I'm more curious what's going to happen with the Batman and Robin title because you know they went through the five stages of grief where they had Nightwing and yeah and each Red Robin yeah, and yeah. even Catwoman because I think issue twenty four is Batman and Two Face. They could probably run the line and have each issue be something else. But then eventually, they can't always stand alone stories. You know, yeah. they've got to figure something out eventually. I thought they should have done like Red Robin, like Batman and Red Robin, like four issues or, you know, because that's four months. Yeah. Even if they yeah, get longer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Have, Do one trade worth of him hanging out with Tim Drake, which. Yeah. And that way it, it buys them more time until they, they figure out, you know, are they going to bring Damien back? Or are they going to bring in another Robin? You know, what's, what's going to yeah. happen? Yeah. So, yeah. But I don't make those decisions. No. <laughs> I was going to say something else, but I probably yeah. Shouldn't. All right, so let's do one um, more question. What's the last question? Uh, do, do, okay, who would win these fights? Oh my gosh! All right, let's do it quick. Is <laughs> Scouts nineteen ninety eight? I actually cheated and I skipped a question. Oh, <laughs> so, okay. Um, okay, so these are basic rules as a battle of the week or whatever. So Stan Lee versus Jack Kirby. Jack Kirby. You really wouldn't Stan Lee? Didn't he have? Didn't he win? Like he has ownership. He's the one that invent, invented everyone, regardless of any input. Yeah, that's illegal. That's, that's a legal fight. I thought we were talking about fists. 
Have you know. seen Jack Kirby? Jack Kirby kicks some ass, man. Jim Lee so, versus Jay Lee. Jim Lee. Uh, Scott Snyder versus Jeff Lemire. I think Ooh. Scott. Uh, I would say Scott, man. Scott, yeah. Scott's a little ball of, of anger. I believe he could take <laughs> anybody on. Um, yeah, I mean, Jeff has height, but. No, nah, man, Scott's a scrapper, dude. I can yeah. tell. Yeah. I think that's like that's like a monk versus a uh, a brawler in that instance. I think Jeff Mears seems much more of a uh, of a meditating man. Or, or, or Scott would catch him off guard, like, "Hey, man!" And pow, pow. Yeah, Scott looks like a biter too, man. So I imagine he would totally take Lemire down. <laughs> That'll be the quote. Scott Snyder's a biter, Josh Williams. Um, Alan Moore versus Neil Gaiman. Oh, uh, Alan Moore, dude, he'd bust out some magic on him, you know. <laughs> Uh, Mark Wade versus Jeff Loeb. Ooh, Mark Wade. Yeah, I was gonna say Mark I'd, I'd go Mark Wade. Wade. Mark Wade would would push him through a window or something. <laughs> Brian Michael Bendis versus Jonathan Hickman. Uh, Bendis. Yeah, yeah. Again, Hickman, I think, is much more of a of a, a meditating thinking man. Not to say Bendis isn't, but Bendis would probably run over his bike. Yeah. <laughs> Bob Kane versus Bill Finger. I think <sighs> I think Bob Kane. Bob Kane, yeah, he fights thirty. Uh, Jerry Siegel versus Joe Schuster. <laughs> oh man, I don't want to think about those guys fighting it out. I'd say uh, Siegel because Joe Schuster had his, the vision problem. You know, he's oh he, really? Yeah, he's, then Siegel take him out. So yeah. he'd, he'd, oh, he'd man, catch him off guard. That's so, horrible. So. <laughs> oh man, okay, this is Jimmy Palmiotti. Yeah, versus Amanda Connor. <sighs> Amanda, dude. Yeah, Amanda, totally, Amanda. Okay. Yeah, that's a horrible question, but yeah, Amanda. <laughs> yeah, this is Scouts 1998, everyone. Um, Jeff Johns versus Joe Casada. I'm gonna say with Joe. It, I'm gonna I, say Joe because I believe like there's something about Joe that always makes me think that he's has some kind of connection to the mob. He would just <laughs> hire someone to take Jeff out. Um, this is a uh, you versus me. I, I oh you and me fighting it out? No, and it just says you versus me, so it's. I think it's supposed to be like me or or possibly oh. you versus Scouts nineteen ninety eight, which we, we don't have any information, so Oh yeah. He's an enigma. This one I I don't know about this. Jen versus Sarah. Oh my god. I'm not gonna um, Corey versus Matt versus Greg. Matt. Uh yeah, I would say definitely Matt. Yeah. Um <laughs> sorry guy, Corey and Greg, <laughs> if you're listening. Um right versus left. Oh man, right all the right all the way. Yeah, unless you're Ned Flanders, stupid Ned Flanders. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, there, he wasn't the only person in, in Springfield, but yeah. Anyway, up versus down. <laughs> I'm gonna up. say I'm gonna say up. Just to be be positive. Yeah, just to be positive. I'll say up. Okay. Poor down is being recognized as negative. So yeah. bad. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, oh, and then the last one, one, one last, 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 last one, X X X D D D. Have you ever met Jeff Johns? If so, what is he like? This was directed um, to me, but if you want to answer. I can answer it. Yeah, I met Jeff a few times. Um, I've had like, dinner with him and hung out with him. Uh, Jeff is a very interesting guy. Uh, very smart. Very, like, obviously a comics guy. I think in a lot of ways, Jeff is, is that guy that's the comics fan who made it uh, and made it all the way. Um, yeah, I think he's really cool. He's really interesting. When I was first starting out and first uh, sort of, like, when I was much younger, uh, I would talk to Jeff about stuff, and a lot of the advice Jeff gave me still kind of sticks to me to this day. But he's a good—he's a good dude. Yeah, um, and I've had good interactions with him. He's—he—he he seems 
kind of you know, humble. You know, he's he's had yeah. a lot of success, and you know that that could easily go to your head. But yeah, he definitely has kept a sense of humor about it. You know, um, good guy. Yeah, and 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 he's like one of those where you know if if he meets you, he'll he'll like remember your name. Yeah, and yeah. Then, like, I met him for the first time. He had written like. I think he had written like three or four issues of The Flash. So it was a long time ago. Like, I think he just take, like officially was the Flash writer. Uh, but only that first like Mirror World storyline had started. Mm-hmm. Uh, and no one was, nobody was at his booth, you know, like he was at the, like no one wanted his autograph, whatever. And I came over and he, I talked to him and he drew me a picture of uh, a Hawkman, Hawkman's mask. And we just talked about The Flash and like he remembers that, you know, like we've talked about it and, uh, I remember years later, he like we just started talking one day at one of the DC things, and he totally remembered all that. So he's very much a, a personal guy who like kind of, he does remember stuff. You know, he remembers your face and your name and, and that kind of thing. When he meets a lot of people, I think much maybe like I has met over the years, um, he still has it together. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. October ninth. So what happened? Ghosted. Yes, ghosted number four. Yep. Uh, and then Captain Number Three just came out, and I'm not sure when Prior Number One is coming out, but you know, sometime 2014. Okay. So, thank you for your time. Yeah, thanks a lot, man. It's always good coming out here and chatting with you. And I will see you in New York. Yeah, New York Comic Con, man, in a week. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, it's too much. All right, man. All right. Thanks for having me on, dude. And uh, everyone, thanks for listening. And I hope you guys uh, keep buying my books. And buy more. Buy, buy, yes, buy as much as you can. Buy a second. Friends. Yeah, give them to your friends and then get them. If you like it, if you like it, talk about it. That's the most you can ever, you can ever really say. Exactly. All right. I'll talk to you later. Thanks, sir. Okay, so make sure, you know, pick up Ghosted, pick up Captain Midnight. And, you know, it's, you know especially with, with, with what Dark Horse is doing, you know, if, if, if it appears that they're, they're going for a more, like, superhero line of books – you know, give them a shot because, you, know, you know, I keep seeing a lot of people complain about Marvel and DC, you know, you know, with, with stuff that's happening, and everything. This is your chance to kind of get in on the ground floor type of thing where, you know, check out these new new characters. new uni- It's not really a universe, but sort of, um, you know, so it's, it's your way to, to check out something new without having to worry about, you know, years and years of continuity or history or any connections like that. So, you know, it's always good. To try to take a risk and try something new because you might find something cool, you might not, but you know at least you know you're, you're giving something else a try instead of just reading another Avengers book, or another X Men book, or another Batman book. So, so there's that. Um, if you have any questions in the future, so you can go to the general discussion forum, um, look for the Ask G Man video question thread, so you can put some questions there. I'm getting pretty caught up on those. You can also go on Twitter. This is when it's um, sometimes questionable. So just use the hashtag AskGman. You know, you can also at reply me, Gman from Heck. Um, doesn't really appear to be many questions here. Um, Elwood Toast says, "Just watch Incredibles again. It is so good. Marvel should make it an ongoing. What do you think? I think that would be great. Uh, Marvel, or I mean, not Marvel, but there was." Um, some miniseries from Boom Studios when they had uh, the Disney license. Um, it would be good, but at the same time, it would have to be done. You know, they have to be really careful with it because you know you, you'd want the quality to be there. And 
it's just the strangest thing. It's like so many people want an incredible, you know, sequel to the movie, but you know, we're just not getting it. So I, I, I'm not sure what the problem is, but seeing more, uh, I, I guess the other question is, is, you know, what, what would they really do with it? Would it just be them fighting crime? You know, would they have to create a whole, you know, more, more villains. And so it, it could be tricky because, you know, I think because so many people enjoy it so much, there there's that fear that you know. Because what if it went wrong? You know, what if someone did something, you know, bad? That that would be unfortunate. Um, let's see. Stetson says, "How does the Indigo Tribe use other core light? Other cores light." Um, you guys rock. You rock. Um, so the Indigo tribe, you know, they're all about compassion and that, you know, the big question is what are they doing lately? And, you know, are they going to be involved with, uh, lights out? I would think they'd have to be. So, um, it's weird because the blue lanterns are hope. So they do compassion and in the recent, was it the hunt of the Indigo? It was when the, the Indigo tribe took Sinestro and we saw like the flashback and their oath. Um, that, that's a good question. That, how exactly it works and what what they do and how they, they rely on each other. And it's like, what do they do when they're on their own? You know, so we, we I'm, I'm definitely curious. You know, I want to see more about these guys, especially now, you know, what's going to happen. So I will be keeping my eye out on them during lights out. Uh-huh. Um, and then the third Thomas, I actually answered him directly on Twitter. It says, why is Invincibly Supermassive comic book podcast of stuff not on Stitcher any longer? So apparently Stitcher is another um, site where you can get podcasts. Uh, so the other, the weekly comic line podcast was on Stitcher. And I believe it, it works out of the, the site's RSS feed. So every time a new podcast would be uploaded, it would automatically get picked up through Stitcher. Same thing with like iTunes. When um, just at, at different conventions and stuff, you know, people were asking me if, you know, they could, if this podcast, Invincibly Super Massive Comical Podcast stuff, could be on a separate feed because they wanted to keep them separate. Now, now this was. Um, like earlier this year. And so I was like, yeah, we, we, you know, we could do that. So once the site relaunched, um, I created a separate feed. So on iTunes, you, you should notice that there are now two separate, you know, subscriptions. Cause you know, it makes sense. These are, it's, it's, we're talking comic vine, we're talking comics, but you know, these are our separate fields and, you know, some people might want, you know, to hear Corey and, you know, Jen or Matt or whoever else can be on. And, you know, some people, maybe they don't want to hear Jen or Matt or Corey or, you know, maybe some people don't want to hear me, so they don't want this one. So, um, as far as Stitcher, I never submitted the, the original podcast to Stitcher. So someone must have done that, which I thank you. And I guess I have to go through and submit this one, but it's, it's a matter of me finding the time to do that. So, um, 
I, I'm curious how many people used to, because I've only had a couple of people ask about that. This, I think this is like maybe the second or third time since the site relaunched. So I'm, I'm not sure how much of a demand there is, but uh, we, we could try to, to do something there. Uh, if you have another place you can ask questions if you want more space is on Tumblr. So if you use a Tumblr, uh, my Tumblr is, so let's see, how do you find my Tumblr? That is a good question. It is just gmanfromheck.tumblr.com. So you can ask some questions there. It doesn't appear to be any new questions this week off of there. Um, but with that, I really think I need to get going um, to do my million other things. So thank you for listening. Um, keep asking your questions. So um, let me think about where we're at. There, good chance that there will be a pod, There should be a podcast next week. There should. There will be a podcast this Friday, the regular podcast. Um, next week is New York Comic Con, so that's where things get a little tricky. Um, so we'll, we'll have to see. Uh, but yeah, I'm trying to think there was someone I was going to talk to on this podcast and, and I have to, there's actually a few people, but there's like certain times when certain things come out, you know, trying to schedule that. So we'll see. So basically what I'm trying to say is I don't know who's going to be on next week, but we'll figure something out. All right. Thank you for listening. I appreciate all of you. Uh, keep checking out our stuff. Watch those Rose City Comic Con videos if if you haven't already, and just 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 check everything out. You know, watch the videos, put some comments on the videos too, because uh, I've noticed the views have been been great on the videos, and I thank you for that. But it seems like the comments have gone gotten less, which you know that that's fine. Maybe just you're enjoying the video, got nothing to say, no problem. But it's it's you know more feedback is you know it. Are you are you digging it? Is it working? Is it not working? So. Let us know. And thanks again to Joshua Williamson. Check out his stuff. And I will talk to you guys next week, I hope. Goodbye. So, so my question, my is, question is, is, could it be? We don't, we don't know. And I would like to ask you which comic book does affect the most emotionally. Yep. Yep. That's the question. Don't shake your head. I love Alan Davis. This is a John issue. I love Alan Davis. I wasn't a fan of this. Probably I love that's the question. You can't blame the immediate creative team. I give this a two. <laughs>